Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to talk with you tonight about three types of men. Uh, <laughs> now, we, <laughs> we've always heard that there's only two, you know, the saved and the lost. But uh, actually there are three, and all three of them are pictured in the life of Lazarus or are pointed out to us through the life of Lazarus. So if you turn to John chapter 11, and let me tell you, this, this message is actually an hour and a half long, but I, I have trimmed it down so it won't be that long, and I hope it's only 30 minutes. But anyway, uh, John chapter 11, uh, let's see, verse uh, 14, it said, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So that's the first picture of the three types of men. And then uh, in verse 43 and 44, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, and I, I want you to catch that, Jesus didn't unwrap him. He called him forth out of the grave, but he told them to loose him and let him go. That's significant. That's the second type of man. And then if you look across the page at chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it said, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So we find him dead. Then we find him coming up out of the grave, wrapped in grave clothes. And now we find him sitting at the table with Jesus without his grave clothes. He wasn't dead. He was very much alive. And he was fellowshipping with the Lord Jesus Christ. So there are three types of men that is found in this passage. Turn again to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm just listening to see if I heard the pages turning. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 3. And you hath he quickened or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all, A-L-L, -L, we all 
had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of the wrath, even as others. And I'm, I wasn't going to read verse 4, but I wanted, I wanted you to see those first two words, but God. Boy, I tell you what, those first three verses there describe uh, a, a terrible predicament that we were all in, he says. And then verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Now that is the natural man. That's what we were before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Before He quickened us, before He called us out of the grave or out of deadness, you could say. We were natural men. We were sinners by nature, even as others who are lost today. They're just sinners by nature. They just want to go with the flow. Uh, they have no convictions. And, uh, you know, whatever Hollywood says, that's fine. Uh, or whatever everyone else believes, we'll just go along with that. I was, uh, heard a fellow that goes to a lot of sporting events and uh, even the car races and the uh, fairs around, and he just stands out and passes out tracks. And he said this, he says, if a string of 12 people come by and you offer them a track, he said, if the first person accepts that track, all the rest of them will. But he says, if the first person, you know, denies it or don't want a track, he said, then none of the rest of them will take it either. So, <laughs> I can't. I don't know where he got that from, but I guess from experience. But uh, that pretty well tells you that that's the way men are, that they're, they're just going to, as I say, go with the flow. Whatever, whatever everybody else is doing, that's what I'll, I'll do. Then uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So, the natural man, he don't want the things of the Spirit of God. He says they're foolishness unto him. I saw a uh, something on Facebook, and I tried to go back to it because I wanted to respond to it, and that it wouldn't come up anymore. It wasn't any of things that a friend posted, but it had a little cartoon picture. And then they showed, I'm assuming it was supposed to have been a preacher, standing over a poor sinner laying down here, and, and that preacher was standing up there with the Bible up over him as if he was beating him in the head with it. And uh, 
one of them responded to that and said, that's exactly why I don't go to church. That I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church because of that. Because of their hatred. <laughs> and I thought, well then, why do they hate the preacher? Why do they hate the one that is doing what he's commissioned to do. Not beat somebody over the head, but we, we're supposed to preach the Word. We're supposed to be instant, in season, reprove, rebuke, with all long-suffering and doctrine. Not because of the person, but because that's what God said to do. And I thought of old, I think it was Peter and John, that uh, the Pharisees beat them, and then brought him up there and said, you're not to speak anymore uh, about this man. You're not to tell anybody else about Jesus. You're not to preach in his name. And Peter said, ought we to obey God or obey men? And uh, he said, we can only do what we were told to do. But... Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's strange that you can take the average college student and they've studied Darwin and uh, they've studied all of the sciences and they can even go home and listen to a weatherman make a weather prediction who they know has missed the prediction many times or they'll watch a news broadcast and, uh, you know, want the whole family to be quiet while the news is on. And they know that everything they're hearing is not true. But they hate one book. And that's the Bible. They hate it. Uh, you say something about the Bible, and they say, oh, that, that was written by man. And it's full of errors. And the funny thing, they ain't ever read it. They've never read it. You, you never hear them criticizing Darwin. They never criticize the science book, even though those science books are upgraded and changed uh, every now and then. You know, what they change from the idea that the world sat on a big turtle's back. Uh, they, had, they had to upgrade from that. But that's what they thought at one time. But... Uh, uh, they just, they just want to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they read uh, in any other book is fine, but don't say anything about the Bible. That's uh, it's terrible. Jude, Jude, and let me see. I think it'll be chapter one. That's the book before Revelations. And we're going to read verse 17 through 19. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, 
having not the Spirit. So they, they separate themselves. They're sensual. They have not the Spirit. They are the natural man. Uh, you say something to them about the Lord, and they well, I got my own religion. Well, what is it? Well, I don't want to talk about it. You know, if I had a religion that I was ashamed to talk about, <laughs> I'd, I would find one... <laughs> I would find a different religion, one that I wasn't ashamed to talk about. But, but uh, that's, a, that's a picture of the natural man. Uh, if, if you get the natural man in the church, uh, you have to offer him a rock band, or what do they call him? strove lights is that what they call them I, I don't know A anyway you have to offer them something that would resemble uh, what they see in the world it says they have not the spirit and then the resurrection of Lazarus uh, we have a picture of the carnal man Jesus said, come forth. And he came forth bound hand and foot. He had grave clothes on or swaddling clothes. Uh, he was wrapped like a mummy. Now I'm assuming they wrapped the legs separate because he walked out or hopped out maybe of the, of the tomb. But those clothes, those death clothes, <coughs> uh, had him bound. He could not do anything that the Lord would have him to do because he was bound. Now that's the way we walk out of the grave. When we are quickened, uh, the Lord does not necessarily loose us from the grave clothes, from the death clothes, from the habits and things that we had. Uh, he doesn't do that immediately, but He commands us to loose them. How do you do that? By patting them on the back and saying everything is all right? No, I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't punch one in the nose either. And I would not, I would not recommend looking through the Bible and find something that fits that and preach a sermon on that just for them. But I am for preaching the Word without compromise and praying for them and let the Holy Spirit work in their life and help you clean them up. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will do it. You know, most of the, or at least I did when, when I was saved, I already knew the things in my life that I needed to get out. Most of them. Some of them I had to learn a little bit later, but I knew that that I needed clean clean up my language, and uh, and I did because I only used bad language when I was around when I was not around my daddy or my mama. Or anybody that I thought would tell them that I said that. 
you know, I was I was really careful. And uh, but you know, we never think of the spiritual sins, uh, pride, <laughs> things like that, uh, hatred, bitterness toward somebody else. Uh, but they're they're sins, just like cursing. And uh, any other sin you want to name. Uh, so he was he was quickened. He was bound. Uh, and he, like I say, he couldn't couldn't serve the Lord. He couldn't use his hands. He couldn't use his feet. And he couldn't use his mouth to speak until they loosed him. And that's that's a picture of the carnal man. Turn uh, in your Bibles to Romans eight. And look at verse 5 down through verse 7. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It's not subject. And so the result is that you can't please the Lord when you are carnal. When you are wrapped in those grave clothes, you can't do the things if, if Jesus said, I want you to do so and so. You couldn't do it because you're too wrapped up in those clothes. And, uh, you know, you ever wonder why? And it's, the, it's not just this church. It's every church I know of. You ever wonder why you have bigger crowds in the morning than you do in the evening? Rose sings a song that says the God of the day is still God in the night. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> still the same God. And you know, if you had if you had a revival service uh, in the evenings, you would get the same crowd that comes to church on Sunday evening. You wouldn't get a Sunday morning type crowd unless people from other churches came but of your own people uh, all you would get would be the Sunday evening bunch is that because we're carnal now, and and I know that you know there are some of the older some of the elderly people don't come at night because they don't drive at night but there's a whole bunch of us young folks. <laughs> us young folks, Pat. <laughs> well, we're younger now than we're going to be. <laughs> that that can drive at night for now that uh, don't come. There's, there's a lot of churches that even quit. When I was a kid, I can remember when the Methodist church had evening services. The Lutheran church had evening services. And of course, the Pentecostal and the Baptist, uh, they still do, as far as I know. But uh, a lot of them quit. I know one time the uh, particular Methodist church uh, 
didn't even have a morning service once because they said there wasn't, the crowd would be so small they couldn't even pay the light bill. And I thought, now, you know, there's more to it than just paying the light bill. You're not in it for a profit. The other, I talked last Sunday morning about D.L. Moody. They said that whenever he was saved, and did you know he was never ordained? Never ordained. And the reason they said, you haven't been to the seminary. And he never went. But God's hand was on him, and he, he would use his horses and, and buggies or chariots to bus, to bus kids to his Sunday school there in Chicago. And I've heard churches say, well, you know, you can't afford to run a bus, and besides, they'll leave all spots out on the parking lot. You'll lose money picking them kids up. They're not going to give enough money to buy the gas with. Now I'm telling you, and I know the person that said that, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. In fact, they're not even living now. But that's carnal minded. That's being wrapped in the things of the world, or things that we shouldn't be wrapped in. Uh, to prevent us from doing the things that the Lord would have us to do. We, uh, last Sunday morning, we talked about uh, witnessing, about being witnesses, about witnessing to the lost, and uh, how it's not God's will that any should perish. And you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. But, and if you hunt and you fish, that's fine. I'm not condemning that, okay? But there are Christians that would rather catch a trophy bass, and there are hunters that would rather kill a, a trophy buck, than, and nothing wrong with that, but if you'd rather do that, than to win a lost person, than to win a trophy for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that trophy may not, I'm not talking about some rich guy, I mean, he could be a trophy too, but I'm talking about any lost sinner. They're a trophy. The Bible says that there's uh, joy in heaven in the presence of angels over one, what? Sinner. One sinner. That could be a lowly sinner or an uppity sinner. And it don't, don't make any difference. They're all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh -huh. so, so they're still bound in the grave clothes and they need to be loosed. But let me tell you something. If I was honest, and I'll try to be, there are times that I'm a little bit carnal over, you know, certain situations may come up and I walk over and look at them old grave clothes I was wrapped in and say, hmm, I wonder if that'd still fit. Let me try that on again. And yeah, they'll still fit. 
But you can't do, you can't hear that still small voice of God saying, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And when we're wrapped in those things, we can't hear that still small voice like we should because it covers our ears, you know. Uh, we're walking according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit when we're carnal. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm almost through. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 1 to 4. Paul says, this is to the church at Corinth. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envyings and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? You reckon we have some carnal Christians in the world today that fit right there in that verse 3? Envying, jealousy, strife, divisions. You're carnal. And he goes on in verse 4 and he says, For one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Paulus. Are ye not carnal? Why were they saying I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos? They were putting so much emphasis on men. Uh, you know, it, it, like uh, Richie said the other day, and, and he wasn't saying it in this sense, all right, but he said that he came to the Lord under Billy Graham. Billy Graham's preaching. Well, I can't say that. I came to know the Lord under a fellow by the name of Paul James, a gangster from Chicago, ex-gangster, I should say, from Chicago. So would it make sense for me and Richie to get in an argument and him say, well, I'm better than you. I was saved under Billy Graham. And I say, well... I was saved under both Paul and James. <laughs> so I'm better than you. And the truth is, we were both saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can be saved by placing your faith in Jesus Christ no matter who spoke the word. And sometimes God does use evil men to bring great messages and if you believe it you believe the word and trust Christ you're saved period but uh, that, that's the carnal man and then there's the spiritual man uh, he seeks to please the Lord uh, he has fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ we were at it a moment ago in John chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 where they after uh, Lazarus arose or was called back. He was quickened by the Lord Jesus Christ and the grave clothes was off of him. They were going to give him a party. 
a great getting up party. And uh, Jesus was there. And Lazarus was sitting at the table with Jesus. He wasn't bound anymore. Uh, you know, it made me think of the story of Martha and Mary when Jesus was there in their house at Bethany. And Martha was real busy preparing food to feed Jesus Christ. And finally, she got to noticing that Mary was missing. She wasn't helping her. And she looked in there, and Mary was just sitting there at Jesus' feet, listening to Him, just drinking every word in, taking it all in, just enjoying His company, enjoying fellowship with Him. And Martha said, Lord, make Mary get up from there and help me. Now that, that, that was my translation of that, but that's basically what she said. Make her get up and help me. And he said, Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things. But he said, Mary hath chosen that good thing that cannot be taken away from her. And I thought of that when I read that Lazarus was sitting there at the table with Jesus. The Pharisees heard about it and they said, we're going to have to kill Lazarus. And when I first saw that, I thought that was the funniest thing. He'd already been dead. And the Lord called him back. Now they said, we're going to have to kill him. That's too great of a testimony of who the Lord is. We're going to have to kill him. And so I imagine old Lazarus, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us how he responded, but I imagine he had a good laugh over that. I've been dead. I've been there, done that. Now I'm alive. What do you, what do you suppose when Lazarus was sitting there at the table with Jesus and they were fellowshipping, uh, what do you think they were talking about? What would you talk about with Jesus? I don't think they were talking about the weather. Uh, or the news, things that was going on in the world. You know what I think they were talking about? They were talking about Jesus. I believe Jesus would have said, Lazarus, I'm going to the cross. And I'm going to die on that cross for the sins of the world. And then I'm going to be buried. But just as you were raised, I'm going to be raised. And Lazarus, you're going to have to separate from your body again. You're going to have to, to have to be buried one more time. But I want you to know that because I died for your sins and I was buried and rose again, you ain't going to be buried in that grave. Your body is, but you're going to separate from that body and you're going to go home and be with me.
that where I am, there you may be also. And Lazarus, this time, your body is going to see corruption in the grave. But don't you worry about it because I'm coming back one day and you can come with me and there's going to be a great resurrection. And even though your body is corrupted, it's going to put on incorruption and come forth out of that grave. You ever have the Lord talk to you that way? Now, now I'm old enough that I do think about death and dying sometimes. I've even, I've even wondered how much longer have I got and you can go on some of those insurance companies' uh, webpage and and answer a few questions, and they'll give you an estimation of how long you're going to live. Of course, they don't know that down at the hospital, somebody might rear in you and break your neck and kill you. But uh, yeah, and we don't know those things, and uh, they don't either. They just they just estimate it. They gamble that you're going to live longer and pay those premiums and you're going to pay them more than they're going to pay you when they die. That's what they're gambling over. It don't always work out that way, but they'll tell you how long you're going to, you're going to live. But isn't it, isn't it great to take off those old grave clothes and step over into that spiritual man where you can fellowship with Jesus and He can fellowship with you and He, he, he ain't going to tell you when you're going to die but He can tell you what's going to happen when you die and it's all joy it's all relief uh, I got a funeral this coming Saturday with Thomas Rhodes and the last time I talked with him he said, uh, he said I don't want you to pray that the Lord will heal me he said, I just want you to pray that the transition will be easy, that I won't have to suffer. And I thought, you know, most people, when you think about death, they panic. They panic. And uh, there was a time in my life that I would have too. But I've had fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's why our last song tonight was He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I'm His own and the joy we share as I tarry there none other has ever known. I didn't know it either when I was carnal and even now when I get over into the carnal realm for a little while you don't have that joy, <laughs> but that that fellowship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we ought to sit at Jesus' feet as a spiritual man and fellowship and worship Him. Uh, you can do that in the hospital. You can do it in hospice. You can do it at home. And we ought to do it every day in our everyday life. All right, I told you I hoped it wouldn't be 30 minutes, and it was a little over 30. But it's still not time to go to work yet. So that's... Uh
for another night, Lord. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your house, Lord. And we just thank you so much for the the message that you put on Pastor Howard's heart, Lord, to share with us, Lord. And we just pray that we would take it to heart, Lord, and pray that you would just help us, Lord, just stop dragging around those grave clothes, Lord, and stop, um, help us to stop just putting on that carnal man to, when the situation just feels like we should, Lord. Help us to continue to turn to you and uh, put our trust in you, and I pray that you would just go with us tonight, be with us this week as we go out into the world, help us to be a light for you, and we just love you and thank you for all you do for us in your name, I pray. Amen.